0: people don't know who you are, how you are, how you get to where you got to, you know? Uh, and so they, they just see the facade that, 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 that you kind of, uh, that, that you wear, you know what I mean? I come from Kashmir. I was born in Kashmir, um, 13th of August, 1962. So in those days, uh, over there, there's no electricity, there's no running water. You know, if you want to cook a meal, yeah, you have to literally go to the nearest forest, break off some wood or whatever, collect the wood on the thing. You have to go to the nearest spring, get the water, you know, and it was hard work. That's when the alarm bell started to ring. He says, "Uh, I want you to look after somebody for a while. Yeah. I went, what do you mean? I've got to look after someone, what do you mean? And he's gone, I'll brief you when we get there. Yeah, and now he's dropping this plot on me. They're about to carry the death penalty out, right? And we've got to do something. I said, well, what What? Yeah, what do you think you could do, yeah, to stop that? He said, well, we're going to kidnap the high commissioner at the consulate, at the Indian consulate in Birmingham, and we're going to hold him hostage. I'm just flabbergasted, you know, and I, 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 I can't think of a way out. Uh, I, I realize I'm properly stuck, mm-hmm. and now I'm thinking, what's the kind of least I can do, and 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 slip away. I've gone. Uh, what are we doing? Because I'm expecting him to say, oh, you know, I've got somebody, and you can go. Yeah, and he's gone. Um, No, it's bang on top. Uh, We're going to go out and shoot him. Oh, mate. They should have locked us down because everybody knew what was going to happen. Mate, they opened us up. It just kicked off big style. The others they just got stabbed and cut. I mean, literally, the landing was full of blood. First time he meets you, he wants to creates an impression so he's running around and he's doing kind of like little nutty things and you know going what to like? uh, you know going to where the screws uh boxes and making mad noises and stuff like that you know, <laughs> and, you know I'm thinking, like, i've never met him before i don't know who he is even mickey peterson at that time you know he says to me some Mo, he said i want to write a book living legends yeah and i want to put you in in my book
1: All right, you're in for a treat today. Mo is telling his story exclusively on this channel for the first time. He has served 20 years in the UK prison system. He's been to all kinds of prisons across the country, especially in the North. And he has served time with many high profile prisoners, Charles Bronson, the Craze, just to drop two names in there from the get go. So Mo is going to start out with one of his most interesting stories from the prison, and then we're going to go right back to the beginning and do his entire life story. His book is 300,000 words long presently. It's a trilogy. So this might be a whole series of podcasts, and we're going to work on his book, get his book published for him as well, hopefully. And um, we, we look forward to doing a lot with Mo. And as you can see... He's just such a good vibe. He just—he's got that yummy bee energy. Just that smile and that—that that same positive energy that just fills the room. And you know, when he sent me a message, and I looked at his channel right away, and I saw that energy. I thought, right, we have got to get Mo on. And I've, I've been speaking to him now for the past few weeks. Co-host today is Jen. Hi there. Of Boomer and Jen Organic Cotton Clothing Company. All of her links. Are in the description box below this video, and we're getting lots of comments on the clothes that she wore. Yeah, that, that's a really nice top. <laughs> jacket. So today,
2: um, I am wearing actually Nomads Clothing. They are an organic cotton mm-hmm. clothing business, also online. Mm-hmm. I don't currently sell their stuff on my website. Hopefully soon, uh, but no, uh, this is their jacket and their shirt dress I'm wearing today. Mm-hmm. Check them out at www.nomadsclothing.co.uk. Very smart. Thank I want to get
1: you,
0: Misses. Yeah, they got in the
1: description box. I like your blue and white <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So what story are we going to start with then, Mo? All right. So I was in Gartree
0: about two years by this stage. I went to Gartree in 85. So talking about 86, 87. And this guy, Mickey Peterson, turns up. And one of the guys who's like my friend there in uh, Gartree, Mickey Ahmed, had known Mick in uh, Hull. And um, so he the thing is, right, so we've got a bit of a background because I'm from Luton, right? So my family and all that are from Luton. Mm -hmm. He's from Luton. When we actually spoke the first time we had a chat and stuff like that, I found out that he'd been living on uh, Longcroft Road or something, which when you go down, comes to Ashburnham Road, which is the same road that I used to live in. So, you know, but it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years difference or whatever. So, and as you know, he started off with a seven-year sentence and he got knotted off three times. Did you he rob some
1: jewellery or something, was it? Uh,
0: the first one was, no, the first one was a, a bit of money out of uh, a, a chippy's till. Right. It was a couple of quid or something, And you know what, the sentence they gave him was horrendous. And he was Mickey Peterson at that time. And he was a lump, you know. And you, when you go into jail, you want to be associated with the people who are like... Uh, I've, I've got the most clout, yeah? Mm. And the most clout in those days were, like, the London gangsters. So he was, like, you know, around there, you know. And he, you know, at that time, nobody knew who he was and all this lot, you know? So anyway, so mm. he'd kind of made a name for himself, you know, knocking screws out, this one, that one. He'd got nutted off, as I said, three times. When, when I say nutted off, what they used to do is if they can't deal with you in those days... They used to send you off uh, to uh, uh, Broadmoor or Ashworth or whatever it was, Park Lane. And they'd keep you for 18 months, uh, review you and, um, y- you know, find you that, they, that you're sane or that they can't deal with uh, you on a uh, chemical, medical level. Then they send you back to the prison. But the time that you've spent, because it's a hospital, it's not prison, it doesn't count on your sentence. Oh, doesn't it? That's why he I didn't did, know that. That's What's why that? he so did. If you go
2: into the
0: hospital, if you go into Broadmoor, it doesn't count. That doesn't. Why? Count, that, yeah, yeah, No, you're in no, because you, 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 you're not in prison. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a secure hospital. It's a mental but surely hospital. Surely, you're still
2: being locked up.
0: You, you, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the law here. You know, the <laughs> fine. We're talking about the finer points of the law here, and that what it says is that when you leave the prison, you go to a mental hospital or whatever they call it clock these days. Stops. Clock, yeah, stops, the clock then... stops. Yeah, so the clock stops, yeah. So this is what used to happen, yeah. 18 months, yeah, there you get the review. Uh, six months later, they go, right, back to the nick, and you've done two years, but you're starting from two years. So he'd done that three times. So that's why out of his seven years, even if he'd lost all remission, he should have still only done seven years. But he actually did 13 and a half. So anyway, we're walking around Excise exercise yard and Mickey Ahmed introduces me. And because he, he, you know, the first time he meets you, he wants to create an impression. So he's running around and he's doing kind of like little nutty things and, you know, going what to... Like? The- Uh, you know, going to where the screws, uh, boxes and making mad noises and stuff like that, you know, (laughs) know, I've never met him before. I don't know who he is. Even Mickey Peterson at that time, you know? Yeah. So anyway, walking around, get to know each other a little bit and all, you know, just chatting all this. Like he was on A-Wing, I was on D-Wing. And, um, so he's, uh, he says to me some more, he I want to write a book, Living Legends. Yeah, and I want to put you in, in my book. And one of the other people he wanted to put was a guy called Ronnie Abrams. I don't know if anybody's mentioned Ronnie Abrams. Ronnie, had, I think, killed his mother and father and he was on his skinny... We used to call him the screaming skull, yeah? He used to do <laughs> yoga out on the yard, you know what I mean? Doing like really mad poses and he'd have these mad... Uh, headphones on with you know the music dead loud and he'd be doing all stuff <laughs> with the screaming skull you know so <laughs> at that time you know I said to him yeah and a, I did I did think he'd write the book yeah and B um when I saw that that you know and plus I'd, I was in for a political offence so I was keeping up a kind of a, a front as well yeah, so I thought, well, you know, I mean, it's never going to happen. But, you know, if it does, I said, I said, yeah, all right, maybe whatever. So <clears throat> anyway, um, a few weeks later, I think, no, I think, yeah, no, this was 86. So, yeah, Reggie Cray was already in that jail. So he was dealing with Reggie at that time. And he wanted to um, uh, get into bare knuckle boxing when he got outside. So um, there was a time he's, he was at the uh, going to the canteen. Yeah, you know, from A-Wing, and they were doing one for one, and he wanted to go, and the screw's going, listen, Mick, you know, wait, and, you know, there's one coming, and, he, and next thing you know, it's giving him a clump, yeah? So now they've took him down the block, yeah, and <clears throat> so they're thinking, we can't keep him up on the wing because this is going to happen. Uh, we've got to keep him down here until he's released, Yeah. But they've done a little kind of a regime for him, yeah, so he can come to the evening classes of the education, and he can um, he can go and exercise with us, you know. And uh, I don't know if you know, in the summer, uh, they let us out for an hour in the evening as well, you know, out on the big yard. You can sit down, you know, get a bit of sun. You know, maximum We're doing, you know, we're doing we're doing long sentences. You know what I mean? So what we're going to do? So anyway, so he's down there and he's pumping away and stuff like that, and uh and then he gets out, and then uh then I don't see him for ages. And the next time I see him, um he, he's, he's, he, he was explaining to me the stories about what had happened when he got out. <clears throat> so he's he's telling me the story about the, the jewelry thing, yeah. So he's gone, well, what's happened? He says, uh, I, I had this girlfriend, she was a 17-year-old girl or something like that. Oh. And he's walking around, um, you, you got to bear in mind, he was about 21 when he went in. And believe me, jail mm. pickles you, it does. Yeah, when you come out, you still think that you're 21.
2: I actually asked Sean that the other day, yes. um, didn't I, about... While you're in prison, is it almost like time stops on your age? Yeah, yeah, So you...
1: Time stops when you start taking drugs as well. Yeah, yeah so you well. so you
2: obviously you go into prison, say, dot doctor like said uh, 21, yeah. you come out at 35, but
0: yeah. when you but come you out at 35, you still feel 21. 21. Yeah, 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 yeah Is totally, that the case? Yeah, totally so. Totally yeah. so. I, mean, I, I was talking to a guy uh, in a taxi last night and he's going... Uh, and when I mentioned be aged, and he's like, oh, no, but you're, you're going around like a teenager. I <laughs> said, mate, you know, that's a long story. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening then so he's, he's, so he's telling me this story. Yeah? He says, Mo, he says, we walked past this uh, jeweler's. I think it was in Hatfield, in, in that Hertfordshire area. And because he wants to look tough, yeah, he's gone... Uh, which one do you want then? And he's pointing at the rings, yeah. And she thought, well, he's a big armed robber, so she's just pointing at two grand. you like the the most most expensive, expensive, obviously. (laughs) you know. So she's got the most expensive one, yeah. So now (laughs) he's gone and he's (laughs) telling me this. He's gone, he said, Mo, I went back, I'm talking to my Uncle Charlie, whatever, yeah. He says, what should I do? And he's gone, well, you know, if that's what she said and that's what you said, you got to do it, you know what I mean? So anyway, he goes round, Puts the thingy on, yeah. He's gone in. He's given the gizra a clump. He's got the tray of rings. He's sold all the other rings and give her the two grand ring. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of days later, if it was that much, yeah, the cops have turned up, hello, mate, you know, and she's got the ring on and everything. Uh, flashing it, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, he gets seven for that. So, he'd got seven before he did um, 13 and a half, yeah. And now he's got seven this time, but he's actually got out Halfway through, he did about three and a half. Got out. I uh, got out, and then they were plotting up on a a bank in. Uh, if you don't uh, so in Luton uh, Marsh Road, yeah, end of Marsh Road. There's like big roundabout. There's a hairdresser's next to. us, like little Barclays or something like that. One of those little kind of single story buildings. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so yeah, so he's um, and he's got these guys. You know that to come to do the bank robbery with him, yeah, but he didn't know this was a ready eye. Oh, like, so somebody's already sold the police, and they're already waiting for him. You know what I mean? So as they've gone there, the the, the cops have you know grabbed him and stuff like that, and and then he's trying to come up with a story about why he's there with a son of shotgun and a balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So he's saying, oh, well, he says, uh, no, I, I wasn't going to rob the bank. And the hairdresser's next door. There's a girl in there. I fell in love with her and she blanked me and uh, whatever. And then I was going to go in there, yeah, profess me undying love, yeah, and then kill myself, yeah. That was, that was the story about what the, the gun. But, you know, why the balaclava then, <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, these <laughs> things happen, you know so anyway, that's when he got the wow. other seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it was the Iraqis, the hostages and stuff like that. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So in 95, I was in um, Franklin, which is up in Durham. And my family's in Luton. Um, I want to come down for visits. And you can do that 28 days uh you okay you save four you save three uh visiting orders and you can come down and 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 use them um to in a prison near where your family lives so yeah. they
2: travel you down so you mm. save free visits they travel mm. you down to said prison
0: closer to loose yeah the I one guess. that you that you choose yeah so i chose bedford bedford's really close to loose so i got to, i got to bedford and uh, oh, I was terrible at this by this stage of my sentence. I was a nightmare, a pain in the ass. You know, what I mean, you name it, yeah. And <clears throat> I, get, I, I get a letter off for uh, Charlie, and by now it's Charlie, Charlie Bronson. Sorry, and even before that, um, when he'd got out, he'd, he'd sent a picture for Sid, for Sid <laughs> yeah, for Sid Draper, yeah. The one who escaped uh through yep. in a helicopter, yeah. So, anyway, um, I, get, I get a letter, Mo, I'm writing living legends. I want you to send me a picture of yourself. I know like, you know, I don't really want to do that, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? You're trying to play <laughs> so, it down. Not, I just like, yeah, be, I pretend yeah. I never got the letter, I? Yeah, Pretend yeah. I never got the letter. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So, anyway, so I go back to Franklin, and he's, by this stage, he's done his rounds, Woodhill and uh, Wakefield, and he's down the... I think he's on the ghost train in Franklin. You must, you've must heard about that, the good order and discipline, every 28 days, you know, so you, you,
1: you're there. It's like diesel therapy, isn't it, in America? Right, I don't know, know what, what is the
0: ghost is. train, sorry? Right, so what happens is, yeah, if, if, once they really can't deal with you, yeah, what <laughs> they do is, yeah, they, they, they send you from one jail to another. Now, if you're in a jail... For 28 days, then you get to see the, the board of visitors or whatever they are now, yeah? So somebody independent gets to see what's going on and you can say, well, look, yeah, this is what's going on, yeah? But what they do with this good order and discipline is they, 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 they'll, they'll uh, send you to a jail and 27 days later, they'll send you to another jail. And then 27 days later, they'll send you to another jail. So But you're just doing the blocks. Of all of these jails, you know, I've, I've had mates who've done that for like, you know, four or five years, you know what I mean? In Don't America, like... it's called diesel
1: therapy because yeah. the prison okay. transportation van. You're always on the prison transportation yeah. van, basically. Worst thing is, you, you want to settle in somewhere and get established. Yeah, yeah. If they're constantly moving this you around, it's horrible. Yeah, this yeah. is the one.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so I'm walking down the... Um, i well, I was. I. You know. I, I, I. really. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't have been down the block as many times as I did. I, in the end, I had something like a hundred nickings. You know, and um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, we're
1: going was... to get to them. A hundred <laughs>
0: nickings. Infractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> being placed on report. You know? mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I'm walking around. Oh, I'm all right. Mo, I say, all right, uh, uh, and he's gone. Uh, uh, how come you didn't uh, reply to me letter? How come you didn't send me the picture, yeah? And I went, oh, child, you know, I uh, you know, just bottled it, basically. I said, look, uh, you, know, you know what it's like? They're probably, uh, you know what, the, the screws are like. I never got the letter, mate, you know what I mean? They're probably just... So what uh, was in this letter? No, he was saying, send me a picture of yourself. Why why did he want a picture? Because he wanted to put it in his book, Living Legends. Oh, so he did want you to write a story. Well, that would
1: have put Mo on the radar then of, you know... The police are watching things like that, so if he puts a book out with him as a, lead, yeah. a criminal legend. Then yeah. they're
2: going to come. Yeah.
1: Mo's going to yeah, be on the radar. Yeah, yeah, He's going to yeah, be on yeah. the radar. He wants exactly. to. He wants to keep a low profile, yeah, yeah, so he didn't yeah. want to be in the book.
0: Yeah. 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 Plus, and you know, plus, I'm in for kind of terrorism anyway. So this is not the kind of thing that I want. Doesn't you want know, to make the situation
1: thinking. worse. When you go to an appeals board, Do you know what yeah. I mean, or, or, or you go to um, probation or whatever. When you when you're about to get out, you got to speak to mm. people to get out. Yeah. And oh, if you're sure in the book as living, a living criminal living legend, legends, yeah. they're going to use that against you to yeah. hold you in prison yeah. longer. Of course, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So you didn't so, fancy sending your photo? <laughs> so I did. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so what happens then is, uh, <clears throat> as I'm going back to the wing, he's going, oh, no, say hello to the boys for me. So I go back on the wing, I'm walking down the landing, and walk, I walk past Sid Draper's cell, and I went, oh, Sid, by the way, uh bronson said hello he's gone that and i went what what's and he went don't you know what happened in frank uh what happened in parker's i went no he's gone well uh so uh, now i'm straight you know gossip i love it you know (laughs) i want to hear a bit more do you know Mm -hmm. so i go straight in his cell so now he's gone uh, um he was uh, he he had this job uh, uh digging a fish pond in Parkhurst, on the on, on the, you know you can't make it up really, you know what I mean? <laughs> Supposed to be like the most dangerous prisoner in the country, and they've given him a, a spade, yeah, and he's out there digging a hole <laughs> on the exercise yard with the football pitch there and everything. yeah. Good exercise that, yeah, digging do a hole. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Right, yeah. So, um, so he says it um, was digging a hole, and um, Desi Cunningham. Desi's like like um, I said, Desi's like. South London kind of armed robber, kind of aristocracy. You know, these they, they, these are kind of like little legends in their own world. You know, what I mean that you might have heard come across uh, uh, terms like the chaps or faces. You know, I mean chaps are the ones that these aristocratic kind of. Things and then the faces of people who like you know everybody knows who they are you know every time they go to a different jail, bump you know
1: who he is. In America, they say the fellas. Right, yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So
0: um, so he's gone. Uh, so Des is jogging, and uh, um, Charlie's gone. Oh, Des, have, have you ever heard it? Because he does talk. He's, he's got this kind of all right, oh, mate. He's got that thing. He went, oh this and this. I don't know whether he had earphones in or whatever, but he was jogging away and boom, boom, boom. And he hasn't said anything. And on the next lap round, uh, Charlie's jumped out of the uh, uh, the hole, and he's gone, "Why are you blanking me?" And he's gone, "What are you talking about, your mug?" You know what I mean? And then Bronson's only giving him a fucking backhander. Yeah. Now this is like, whoa, you know. Yeah, and and you got to remember that. They're all the team, all the the bank robbers and the armed robbers and all that lot. They well, when it comes to South London, they're all a team mate, you know. And and Bronson is really an outsider, and he has been all that way because he he does it all by himself, innit? You know, what I mean, he's kind of like his persona that he's made is a is a self-created. He's created himself. And, you know, what he puts out is what he likes to show, do you know what I mean? So, bang, this is what's happened. Uh, So Sid's telling me this story. Anyway, I wasn't there. (laughs) So as the exercise is finished, Dennis Arif, one of the Arif crime family from South London, he's come up one side of him, got one of his arms and somebody else on the other side. And Desi's come up behind and went... Stab, 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 stab. Whoa. So he's just about managed to make it to the wing. Bronson went, boom. (sighs) Now, it's bang, they're all like, well, get the ambulance, all of that. Yeah, get him sent to a hospital. And he's just about made it. You know, um, they they reckon he flatlined a couple of times on the way, but they managed to save him, you know what I mean? So um so I'm, I, I'm I'm like oh obviously I didn't know that but at that time so the cockneys were going a bit, little bit like is a loose cannon you know that's the way they were thinking about it is a loose cannon you can't you know what I mean so um but there was another kind of an uh, issue going on as well yeah that there was another story attached to this, yeah. So there was a guy called Frank Verdi, who, back in the 90s, he was from Leeds. He's dead now, God rest his soul. It actually, when he died, it was in the news of the world. And uh, he was running away, obviously finished his sentence, running away from a robbery or something. Had a son sort of shotgun tucked wherever, jumped over a wall and they accidentally went off and ended up killing him, you know what I mean? But Frank, it was a, uh, I found him to be a nice enough guy, you know what I mean? We got on well and everything. had curly hair, He's, he, uh, um, you know, about your kind of height. And uh, his, his, his family was supposed to be big in Leeds, you know what I mean? The drugs the scene and all that lot. So, uh, and <clears throat> something had happened in Fall Sutton. So this is the story, because, you know, everybody gets to hear all the stories, yeah. So um, so this uh, was a story from this guy, Stevie Doyle, from Liverpool. And, uh, you know, we got to be quite good friends in Franklin. And Stevie was telling me this story about Frank, that Frank had been um, in full Sutton, and he was serving heroin up. And he, uh, um, I think he was serving up this guy who was like, you know, was short of stature, a little bit like myself. And uh, the guy he had, he said he'd pay on a certain day, and you know he couldn't. And, and you know, a lot of people find it understandable. You know, these things happen. You know what I mean? You'll get it, mate. You're not going to run away. You know, we're in maximum security prison. So anyway, this little guy, <laughs> he, he had a bit of a protector. You know, he was a, a, a big <coughs> um, Scottish guy. So, um, and the Scottish guy went to Frank, said, look, you know, leave it out, Frank, you know, blah, 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 whatever, yeah. So, and so the next part of the story I hear is that the Scottish guy has a cell search, a spin, yeah, and they find um, a debt list and a few bags of heroin there.
1: So they got him marked now as a dealer.
0: Mm. So what, what's happened, no. The thing is, yeah, the thing is that somebody has put a note in the box, mm-hmm. but he's not, he wasn't a dealer. We know who all the dealers are. Mm. So it seems like that, you, that, that so it's coming back on Frank now. So the lads are going to Frank, you've done this. So now I don't know what he can say or what he can't say, but it went off bad style and Frank got slashed to pieces. I mean, seriously, you know, so <clears throat> what what used to happen then is uh, so he's ended up in F two in Parkhurst. I don't know if you heard about F two. No. Cooper's no. troopers. Oh, these this is like you know the, these are kind of the the the, the proper stuff of the eighties and nineties in British prisons. Yeah, F two was like the last staging post before you get nutted off. Mm. And uh, <laughs> the, the the main doctor there was a guy called Doctor Cooper who uh, apparently, according to legend, uh, he was found uh, dancing around naked in a forest, you know, in the middle of the night, you know. Which what, is... hugging trees or something? Oh, no, God, whatever floats your boat, you know? <laughs> 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 you know. But, you know, this is the guy who's deciding who's nuts and who isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Frank's gone there and, and then he's decided, yeah, that everybody that was involved in the attack on him is going to get done. Yeah, this is how he's going to, you know, get his head together again. You know, he's on a proper revenge, proper Terminator mission. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in, again, I'm in a blank block again in Franklin. This is about, I think it must be 97 now. And not long after the, 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 the Bronson thing as well. So, and I'm looking out of the window and the block, in Franklin has got two cages so you know they let two people out at a time one's walking around in one cage one's walking around in the other cage so this guy has got curlyish hair and he's got a black beard and that yeah and he comes up and stands in front of the the, the window I mean not you know because obviously there's a, a, a bit of a distance and he's gone alright Mo and I'm like who's this I don't know, really you know he said oh, don't you recognise me I said mate He's going, I'm Frank, Frank Burley. I went, whoa. I said, well, what, you look totally different, you know, because before that, he was like, you know, clean shaven and all that. Now he's got this beard. But the beard was covering up all the, all the scars oh. and stuff like that, yeah. So, what, so, you know, he's shouting down at the block and he's going, that Stevie Doyle's a grass, yeah, because uh, of him, they won't let me up on the wing and all this, blah, 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 yeah. I thought, you know what, well, I know Steve, Steve's sweet. Steve did go a bit nuts for a while, but, you know, he managed to sort... Steve, right, so get on this story with Steve, <laughs> yeah. Steve had shot a policewoman, yeah, had missed her heart by oh like a millimetre. Bloody hell. You know, this is Scousy, yeah, missed her heart by a millimetre, yeah. Thank God. And so you thought he was lucky because he could have killed her and he used to walk around and every time he saw a bit of wood... He used to touch wood. He used to walk around with a match. Oh, what,
2: so when people touch wood?
0: Yeah, yeah, luck. like luck, you know, for luck. Yeah. Touch wood for luck. So he used to he used to have, put a matchstick in his ear and you'd see him walking, I'm serious here, see him walking down the landing, touch the matchstick. Walking down the landing, touch the matchstick. One way to do it, isn't it? Eh?
2: It's better than, yeah, touching, going around touching
0: the yeah, yeah, kitchen not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I So I go to Steve and I went, Steve, what's, what's, what's the cool with Frank there? Because I didn't know that story about... Um, um, full son and he's gone well look this is what's happened and um, I said well he's calling you grass down there and it's not just me saying it he's saying it in front of everybody so it's everybody's you know what I mean and uh, as it happens they let Frank onto the wing yeah? now really the screws they should have done that if they heard all this yeah so now right so this was Franklin before they built the new wings, right? So Franklin, before they built the new wings, we had this ex, um, field. It was huge, you know what I mean? you If you was at one end, you couldn't see a person at the other end. It was like literally about three rugby pitches, yeah? And then there was another one, which was like asphalt, uh, which had a toilet with, you know, Perspex kind of windows that let us out in the evenings there. So they were building the new thingies, and we were out in the Perspex here. Yeah? So Steve's come out, sorry, Frank Burley's come out. I've said uh, hello to him, yeah, you know, I know him. It's got nothing to do with me, that issue, yeah. So I'm a neutral as far as this is (laughs) concerned, you know what I mean? So I said, all right, mate, and he's going, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then next thing you know, now everybody knows it's going to go off. So all the scousers have asked me and my, my mate Lenny, like, you know, look, if it comes off with your backers, we'll sort you out some money and lends lend up for anything. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so anyway, now we're all of us are walking around, and you know, like, when everyone's having this, talk, but your eye's just there, you know what I mean? Now, one of them's gone into the toilets. The other one's gone into the toilet. Now, we're expecting, like, you know, fireworks and all that. Like, nothing, 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 Yeah a minute, minute and a half, two minutes later, you're like, what's going on? You, you know, you kill somebody in seconds, you know what it's like, you know what I mean? So uh next thing you know, Ronnie O'Sullivan, the the dad, yeah, he goes in.
1: The dad of the snooker player.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, only only good things to say about Ronnie Sr., you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh he goes in and uh he comes out and he's got his arms around my <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Now I mean, bear in mind, you know, wearing in that kind of thing you know what I mean or like like your know, dogs salivating you know what I mean over a fight it's that kind of thing was going on I'm like what's going on there then ah that can't be right somebody's saying he's a grass and then if, oh. so anyway we go back on the wing we're asking Steve Doyle yeah what happened Steve and uh, Steve's gone well I put it on him I said why'd you call me a grass and he says I didn't I didn't say it and I went you know what I mean mm. So next day, pretty much the next day, there was on D wing. I'm on my way. D wing. There was a firm of Geordies called the Adamses. I don't know if you've ever heard. If you've John Sayers and all that, John knows all of them. He knows all of these stories and all. If you ever come across John, say hello to inform me <laughs> We had Stephen Good. Sayers on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah serious I guy. Know. Yeah. I know John. I know John quite well. So uh, anyway, so these Adamses. They'd got one of their workers had come in. It's something called, I think, Bruce Lee. It's like, literally, you guy got that kind of <laughs> mad name, yeah? So um, he's he's come, and um, now they're feeling like a little bit even more than they were before. There were three brothers. Now they've got one of them. And it's about tea time. We're just about to go for tea or something like that. And one of the black guys on the wing, got. can Name for, uh, I've got it in book, <laughs> But he's, uh, he's gone to sit down in a chair, and this Bruce Lee guy is going, That chair's taken, mate. Yeah. Or however they say it in the Geordie accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but it's empty. The place is empty. So, yeah, are you taking the piss or what? Yeah. And now, so, we're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. So, this guy, this black guy, he goes into the Adams' cell and to say, like, what's going on, as he puts his head through the door, he only gets striped, yeah? Now, oh, mate, it's going to go off. Yeah, it's going to go off. So, do you
1: want explain what striped is?
0: The, the, he's got cut. I so he's, he literally, he's, he's put his head through the thing and, and the guys just went like that. So there's no warning, nothing like that. And he was just going, like, what's going on? You know, and he's gone into a cell where there's like three or four of them. So he wasn't expecting anything. He's just like, let's talk, you yeah? So anyway, there were about, there was a, 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 a firm of black guys there. And, you know, you know proper, proper lads as well. And um, so tea times happened. Now the screws really, they should have locked us down because everybody knew what was going to happen. Mate, they opened us up. It just kicked of big style, the the oldest of the Adamses, uh, uh, he just locked himself behind the door. The others, they just got stabbed and cut. And I mean, literally, the landing was full of blood, yeah? And uh, the screws even just locked the landing, so legged it, I'm serious, yeah? And Frank Burley was there, and Franks took the side of the black guys, yeah? And he's punished the screw, now he's gone, yeah? So Frank's gone to from Franklin to uh, Wakefield uh, in the block down there, reallocation. About six weeks later,
1: Monster Mansion.
0: Yeah, Monster <laughs> Mansion. Yeah, about six weeks later, um, there was a kind of a maddish fight. Yeah, and which they said that I was involved and I wasn't. Yeah, they said that I fronted them fronted the screws with a broken bottle, yeah, which is not my kind of thing at all, but they, they did it, you know, they said it, and they've shipped me off to um, um, Wakefield for reallocation. So as I'm going, uh, the guy who's uh, in the van with me, is Natty Patterson, he's a skinny, uh, coolie, uh, like Jamaican guy. When I say coolie, I mean, like, literally, he's like, kind of half Indian, half Jamaican, that's what they call them, coolies, yeah. Uh, he's a funny guy. I, you know, we used to get on really well with the cooking and all that and, you know, proper take the piss out of each other, you know what I mean? I used to slaughter him. <laughs> but he's skinny and tall and we used to get on really well. But we're supposed to be on opposite sides of this gang fight, yeah. So, and as, as we're on the way down, I'm like, fucking hell, mate. Hey, oh, Wakefield, mate, Monster Mansion. And Natty's Natty Patterson, yeah, Natty's going, Don't worry, Mo, I've got some gear up my ass. <laughs> when we get there, we'll get on the wing, we'll get a little food bowl going. I'm going, Natty, mate, you don't want to go on the wing there. You know, every person you see there, you'll want to stab them, you know what I mean? You're better off if you stay down the block, you know what I mean? So, anyway, we go down the block. They, they take us straight into the block, fucking Love Lane at Wakefield. And the block is nice actually, lane. That, that's the, with the address. Uh, uh, oh, is it? <laughs> it is actually, it's actually on Love Lane. Oh, how right? lovely. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's, it's right in the middle of Wakefield as well. So, yeah. you, you know, the main kind of, um, uh, sorry, the main kind of uh, uh, thoroughfare through Wakefield, that's where it is. And the block is actually outside the wall of the prison, all right? So when you look out of the window, you see the wall of the prison,
2: that go, yeah, that goes on to Love Lane.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. so, 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 <laughs> so we can only look at one side, and then the the streets on the other side. Yeah. So. I go there and Natty's kind of bristling and you want to see the screws there? They're like bulls and I'm talking that and the women are like bigger than the men, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm um, down there and he's like and I'm wearing stuffy and I'm just seeing those, you know, <laughs> those staircases with the, you know, the metal and I can just hear me head going ding, ding, ding. And I'm like fucking leave it out, mate. You know what I mean? So, uh, and they're going, yeah, gangsters from Franklin, are you? Gangsters from Franklin. I'm going, no, ain't gangsters, you know what I mean? And uh, so anyway, uh, he's down there, Rab Harper, Uh Ian uh, Blink, <laughs> Ian McDonald. Ian Blink McDonald.
1: Yeah. Shout Blink-Don- out to Ian Blink McDonald. Yeah, yeah. We've done multiple episodes with him. Yeah.
0: Check so him out on the playlist. Yeah, he's called Ian Rab Harper. He's down the block down there. So the first thing we kind of do is you go there, you shout out of the window, who's here, get to know who's there. And Charlie's down there as well. And Charlie's got his own little suit. yeah. I think
1: Blink told me about Rab and and Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So this was around that time. Okay. This this is about 90. This is 97. I'll probably get Mm. the date for you because I know when I got kicked out of Mm. all those places. Yeah. So, um... So I get chatting with Rab and I'm rattling off the gear and all of that kind of stuff going on. And and uh, uh, Charlie's down there. And Charlie's—I I don't know if you know like the cells that he was in, what they actually look like. Have you right? ever seen them? No. Right. So what they've done is downstairs they've turned three cells into two, and they've they've used the um, uh, you know the half of the one next to it as a shower. And and what they've done is they put uh, bars in front of the door so they can can open the door and then the bars are like that and then they can put the food under without actually letting them out and without getting assaulted and accosted and all that kind of stuff. And then when Charlie goes out on exercise, he's got special details about six screws. They've got dogs and all that kind of stuff when he goes out on exercise. So And where it is, is when you walk around on the exercise yard, yeah, the, they're actually kind of like subterranean, so you've got kind of like about that much of the, uh, of the window that, that, you know, so you can squat down and talk to him and he's down there, yeah. Mm. So <laughs> I'm walking around, so, you know, I've known him for years, you know, I mean, going back 86, I've known uh, Brunson, so this is now, what, 97? And uh, he's gone to me, what, what, happened in, mm. what happened in Franklin with Frank Burley, mo? And uh, so I tell him the story. I tell him the half the story that the half that I knew, you know. And, well, this is what happened. He called him across. He's come up on the wing. They've gone out on the thing. And bump. And then Steve said that that he's he's um, when he asked him, he said he, he never done it. So uh, I said all right, bump, whatever. So six weeks later, I get shipped to Long Longline and reallocate. I go back to Launceston. <clears throat> lot and I'll go in and, 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 and they want to put me uh, on basic. Oh, you know, sort off all of this. They're going, "Listen, however you want to do it, whether you want to go down the block or whatever, yeah, you're still going to have to go on basic and all of that. you you've got to do it. I went Sorry, so, uh, so <coughs> i go on basic. I get a letter from Frank Burley He's going, "Mo, what are you saying? What's this you saying about me?" And I'm like, mate. And Frank was one of these guys. As I told you he was on a revenge mission anyway. He used to get ounces of heroin sent to other prisons to get people done. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? That's low. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, mate. You know. And and so I, I wrote him a letter back. I said, listen, Frank. I said, if you remember that night, that that evening when you came out, I was one of the only people who actually spoke to you. Yeah. The other thing is. The story that I heard, I only heard one part of the story. I didn't hear your part because I didn't see you. It was the next day that fight happened and then you got shipped out. I said, when I told the story, I told that half of the story. So, you know what I mean? You can't say anything that I said this or whatever, you know what I mean? So I'm just, well, so, yeah. So that was about the last time I was a bit disappointed really, you know what I mean? I thought, you know what, I could have got stabbed for that, innit, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was that the last time you saw Bronson?
0: That was pretty much the last time I saw Bronson. Right.
1: Right. Wow, Mo. You just told that story for 38 minutes, I think it was. Uh, uh You are an amazing storyteller. We've Uh not had someone as good... (laughs) This is Jamie Morgan yeah. uh, Kane.
0: Okay. He told a thirty-eight-minute
1: story that yeah, got yeah. six million plus views.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you—this know, one, I actually, I actually cut bits off it because you like, shortened oh. it.
1: Yeah, I did. Never cut cut it shorten it. them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never, that, people say yeah. I'm going to cut a long story short. We're like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, you know we what? We want the long. Somebody, yeah, Ian, Ian, long. Ian, did
0: that. Ian did that, and I was saying, yeah. no, don't do that. But no, there, there, was, there was an aspect of that that was a little bit controversial.
1: Okay. Yeah. We'll and I thought, you know what? Yeah, it's yeah. A,
0: you know what I mean? He probably doesn't need it. You know I
1: mean? Yeah, we don't, we don't need need want it. any heat. Yeah, you know what I mean? Controversy He probably
0: heat. doesn't need it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you later on. You can yeah. yourself, yeah. Right, All
1: right, you, so, so for the viewers yeah. then, if you're sat here as gripped as I am by that one story, <laughs> his book, is, Mo's book is 300,000 words long, mm-hmm. This is a mammoth operation we are undertaking. There is going to be, a, hopefully, a series with Mo. We'll get his book out as a trilogy. And now we're going to go back. As I said at the very beginning, we're going to go back chronologically to the beginning of Mo's life. See how far we can take it before we've got to stop it for part two. But we're just going to let Mo run again. And um, if anything needs to be asked, we will, we will ask him. So the first thing is then, Mo... What is your racial heritage right yeah. so
0: <clears throat> I come from Kashmir I was born in kashmir um thirteenth of august nineteen sixty two Actually my dad didn't remember my date of birth, so he actually put a different one on the on the passport but <laughs> I mean, we did, they didn't they didn't actually register him in those days, and you know he was busy i i mean well the reason why, you know, people come from Pakistan, there's no work there, mate. And Kashmir, even more so, because we're, like, occupied by India, occupied by Pakistan, so we've got even less of the less work, yeah. So my dad was going to places like, uh, you know, brick, making bricks, working on them furnaces, in the, you know, it's like hell, you know what I mean? So anyway, he managed to borrow some money and got to, came to England and left my mum pregnant when he came. So when I met my dad... I was like about five years old, something like that, you know, and this is like proper Oedipal, you know, I hated him on sight, you know, we lived in a a kind of adobe house, you know, in those days, yeah, and, um, you know, I had two brothers who were older than me, I was the third one, and so I had mum all to myself, you know what I mean, so I was like, <laughs> I was still being breastfed when I was five so years old. So boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Wait until you hear about her later on, mate, you'll realise why. <laughs> <laughs> like my mum, yeah, this is why I'm short. My mum's shorter than me. My mum's about, you know, about four, four, eleven, something like that. But and you know, how tall she, are you? I'm about five, four, you know. So she's, she was like proper, she's a, a force of nature, me mum, you know. God rest her soul. So um, so in those days, uh, over there, there's no electricity, there's no running water. You know, if you want to cook a meal, yeah, you have to literally go to the nearest forest, break off some wood or whatever, collect the wood or the thing. You have to go to the nearest spring, get the water, you know, and it was hard work. So this is, my mum is by herself, my dad doesn't have any brothers, he's uh, an only boy and he's got four sisters to marry off and he didn't know it at the time. That, that he he was actually owed a lot of land in that village, and that his granddad had uh, when they kind of populated the village, had let people you know they, they went right, this is our bit, this is our bit, this. Is our bit. when new people came to the village, they went, yeah, you have that bit, you can build a house there, you can till this land and feed yourselves, you know what I mean? But as things happen, people get greedy and that, and then my dad didn't have any other backup. So anyway. He came to this country, he goes back, and uh, I get kicked out of my mum's bed, so, you know, then he's bribing me with little, you know, like the, the old sixpence type things, yeah. So, and by the in, in that five years or so, he's, 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 he's proper grafted, <coughs> uh, saved some money, bought a two-up-two two down in Rochdale, and got me and mum. Uh, and my youngest, well, my youngest sister, was born. So nine months after my dad turned up, I got a little—excuse me—got a little sister. What, what was it like arriving? I—I I, I, I can't remember too much of it. Uh, I remember leaving because uh, I was about six at the time. I remember leaving the village, and there was a load of people had walked us to the one road that goes through the village. And there was hardly any cars and stuff. And bear in mind, we're proper in the sticks here in those days. So we get on this uh, horse-drawn carriage, yeah. So we get on the horse-drawn carriage. I'm wearing shoes for the first time in my life, yeah. And uh, we've got a suitcase or whatever. And then we uh, we go to Rawalpindi, which is about, mm, about 80 kilometers, something like that. From where we are, but it's a long way because it's all windy roads, you know what I mean? On the side of hills, and Kashmir is like all like hills and mountains, you know what I mean? So, anyway, and then we get to Rapindi and we stay in this hotel, it's smelly and dirty, and then we're in this little taxi, and all, all I remember the taxi was there's a hole on the floor, and I could just see the road going fast wow. you know I mean? yeah. wow. So we get onto the plane, and it was one of those old seven two sevens or something, you know, like. Uh, and uh, the guy who was there was a guy who was coming at the same time, so he was kind of escorting my mom. And he was calling his sister and all this. And I remember we stopped a few times and one of the place we stopped was Paris and he was saying to my mum, he says, Oh look, sister, this is like the most beautiful city Did in the world. Did you see the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, yeah, as as we kind of was taking off, you know. I mean I remember oh. seeing like, you know, the, the 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 that thing. But you know, when when we got here I was on oh, Nakedow and it was January. January twenty sixth, nineteen sixty nine. And it was cold. <laughs> And it was snowing, and the snow and the, and and it was like you know there was a, not many cars in those days, you know. I feel like I'm talking about Victorian times, but, <laughs> but, but you know it was the snow and the it was just like a, a blanket across the road, and because there weren't that many cars, you know, and the street we were living on does hardly any car go down anyway. So it's like that all day, yeah. Mm. So I'm used to running around in my pajamas and 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 you know barefoot. And I and I run outside, and uh, I can't work out why my feet are hurting. Yeah, I've never seen snow.
2: I don't even know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Did it confuse you seeing all the white? Snow on the yeah, floor,
0: yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I'm like, but you know, so I wanted to run in it. I'm thinking it's like sand or something like that, isn't it? You know, so I'll go oh, running in and then I'll come running back and I'm crying. And my mom's going, What's the so matter? I'm like, it's hurting, she's going, You silly sausage, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's snow. Um, You're not know? supposed to go out there without uh, that's all you know. If it's like burning yourself, you learn the hard <laughs> way. You know? So we were living in the two up, two down, me, mum. Uh my sister and my dad, we were in one room and the other room were some relatives of my dad. Um one of them was my cousin, another one was like one of our kind of like, you know, a bit more distant relative, one of them was my dad's cousin. Yeah. He was like about, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen at the time, I'm about six, yeah. So he's kind of playing with me at that time, and this is, you know, it gets a bit dark at that time. I didn't know what was going on. Oh I'm only a kid, you know what I mean? And uh, and and uh, to be truthful, a lot of that that period of my life, I can't remember. At home, I can't remember. I can remember going to uh, school. I can't. Re- I can remember going out. and do, but at home. I can't, about two years, I can't remember, you know what I mean?
1: Blocked it out.
0: Yeah, and, and the guy was kind of, you know, wrestling with me, grooming me and stuff like that. I didn't know what was going on. And then he was like, you know, actually abusing me. Then he was like, he was, you know, then we'd move from one house to another house. And then cause we were sharing a, a bedroom. So by this stage, my two older brothers had come uh, I've got another younger brother uh, born in this country, and uh, another one younger than him, born in this country. So, um, so my eldest brother, he's got a room by himself because he was 14 when he came. But is pray right. He was a rocket scientist. My brother, I swear to God, yeah, he's a rocket scientist retired now. He comes to this country 14. He did a um, uh, um, seven O levels. Uh, he did six months English teaching centre, went to school, high school, yeah, in 18 months did seven O-levels, one of them, chemistry, just through a book, yeah, he did three A-levels, went to Nottingham University, did uh, a degree in electronic engineering, I've been working for British Aerospace all his life, designing guidance systems on missiles, wow. yeah, <laughs> so this, yeah. So when I say the rock is, I mean it literally. (laughs) Literally. So, uh, so, so, so we're in this this next house. This next house is bigger. My eldest brother's got his own room, and we've got all this room, and this we're sharing with this guy, and he's creeping into my bed every (sighs) night, and he's you know he's just like sticking his fucking bits between my legs, and you know I mean pretty much just wanking himself off in there, you know what I mean? And I, uh, you know, my my behavior, no. So even before that, you know, something happened. I, I don't know what had happened, yeah. And I I I got constipated to such a degree I couldn't go to the toilet <gasps> for six <sighs> days, yeah. So my mum took me to the doctor, yeah. And the doctor gave her these little pills to stick on me little bum. A pessary. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't called. know what it was, yeah. Yeah. But it made me it made me go, mm. yeah. But any. Enema. Yeah. No, no, they're tiny little pills. but it's, So it must yeah, be they, breaking your stuff down, isn't it? Breaking your like shit down, I was going to say. No, but, no, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. So, but yeah. So anyway, so 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 this is what he was doing, was like creeping his in bed, doing that at night, then going back into his own bed. And he'd have this shirt that he used to, you know, come in and he'd just wedge it down the side of my bed, yeah? Mm-hmm. My bed was up against the wall. And, you know, I'm just sleeping through it or pretending not to, you know, because I don't know what's going on but at some stage i realized that what he's doing is wrong yeah and then one night it was like he that I that won probably the last time he came came in and think, and he he penetrated me and then something in my head just went bang and then i just started kicking yeah and i just kicked him out yeah and i just went you know what i mean so and by this time about 11 or something like that you know what i mean and but my behavior has just gone like that i don't know i don't know i even when i look back now i can't tell you what i thought or what but i just i i felt like i had to be hard you know i wanted to give that impression that i was hard but i was only little you know what i mean and this is before everybody else had a growth spurt and all that you know and i'm still little so yeah so I don't, I don't know how, you know, I'm wearing um, like uh, Wrangler jackets, I'm wearing Doc Martin boots, I'm smoking, you know what I mean, um, <clears throat> I go to school I, in the morning, I um, there was a shop just round the corner, and she used to serve as 10 number 6, pack it, her box of matches, so by the age of 11, I'm buying my own fags every day. You know, mum, the, the pocket money she used to give me, I won't catch the bus and that, you know what I mean? That's what we that's what we used to do. And then I started thieving and then, you know, the, the mates, that the the group of friends that I had at that time, you know, they were like normal guys, you know what I mean? So um, one of them was from a, you know, large Catholic Irish family, uh, the Doolins, you know what I mean? So we lived in West Street in Rochdale, uh so they like the three of us like three musketeer type things so we had one who was older than us ted ted's up in scotland now in mohammed Akhil. he's got a spec savers you know he's doing really well for himself uh johnny doolin who was like my age you know what i mean i fancied his sisters and all <laughs> that you know <laughs> so i used to run away from home and stay at john's he was just live around the corner so that was like you know my kind of teen but you know Everywhere we went, I was the one who did the bad thing or did the worst bad thing. You know what I mean? I did the nuttiest thing, and you know, suddenly I'm the son bunking off school now. But and all right. So going back to kind of when I was about twelve, yeah, um, the school I was a, a middle school, and um, they gave me a letter, and my English was quite good. I didn't know at the time, anyway. Uh, but they gave me a letter and said, "Give it to your parents." And and uh, and I opened it along, because I thought I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? Because now I'm smoking. I think I'm a bad kid. You know what I mean? Mm. So I've uh, opened this letter, and it says that they recommended that I should go to Littleborough Grammar School. And I thought, oh, I don't want to go to Littleborough Grammar. So I've ripped the letter up and stuck it down the uh, down the the gutter, yeah? the drain. Uh, cause my brother was at Green Hill, which was like the, the, the roughest school in town, but I wanted to be, you know, in the school where my brother was. So, and by the time I got to a Green Hill, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm bunking, you know, while we're whacking it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in those days, you could go all around Greater Manchester for two pence on the bus. And this was that, that, that's, you know, I used to go in in the morning, uh, get my mark, uh, uh get mum go to assembly and on the way back I'd jump out the window and and, and I'd be gone. Uh, I'd go around Rochdale or round Manchester or whatever. And um and so and and but then you know my mum she's like proper strict as well, do you know what I mean? So she found out that I was smoking, she realized I wasn't gonna stop, so she didn't you know do my heading about it. So, um, but I couldn't explain how I was um, absent. So what I used to do every, you know, few weeks, I'd uh, volunteer to take the register up to the form <laughs> office, chip into the toilets along the way, have a little red pen and put little L's in all, all the zeros. Yeah, so all the ones where I was absent, they were all late. So my always going... How come you late 53 times this term, you know what I mean? But like, literally haven't been, you know what I mean? So um, so and you know, I was quite I was quite bright, and they were expecting kind of, you know, if my eldest brother's a rocket scientist and he's been educated you know, while he's herding goats in Kashmir, I should be fucking a brain surgeon or something <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? But I had this whole kind of, like, I just angry, uh, hated myself. Um, I just couldn't see uh, um, what I would ever do. Um, I remember talking to my little brother one time, and, um, you know, and I'm not talking a long time ago. um, and, And I was saying that, you know, there was a time in my life when I used to think that being in care would be a a good option. That was like what I was looking forward to. I thought, you know, get out of this house and go go to care. I didn't know what being in care was like, but I knew lads who was, you know, in there. So I was getting in trouble with the police. So the only time, because my dad used to work two shifts, you know, I'd see him as I was going in the house, he was coming out or I was, uh, you know, coming out, he was coming in. So, and the only time I walked with my dad is when... He picked me up from the police station at kind of three four o'clock in the morning, you know what i mean i've had another row i've ran i 've gone for three days you know when i'm thirteen fourteen fifteen and that's that's how yeah uh, that's how I, I I got to kind of fifteen yeah and so it was just getting worse and worse so but they didn't know they didn 't know what it was no none of my family have kind of gone through this thing none of them can't it 's only recently that i've started talking about it. That, that, that they go, well, how come, why, why did you do all the? Why, you know, we can't understand. So I get to 15, and it's Christmas, 77, yeah, and I've got my mock exams coming up soon, yeah, and I'm shitting it because I know I'm going to fail everything. It's all going to come on top, you know, all this blagging that I've been doing for years, yeah. So... um. My mum says, "Do you want to go to Kashmir for a three-week holiday?" You were like, I "Yes, went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweet." So my elder uh, elder brother than me, Azzy, Azzy. Well, That's two of us, really, because he was he left home. He set up with a, an Irish girl, Barbara, and you know I was the only one in the family who knew about this. This was. Quite kind of like It was mad because You know We I don't know if you know About the Asian community How they are And you know How many people you know uh, um, You know How we live And all that But you expect it To kind of do What your parents tell you You know You go through The whole Muslim The 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 mosque thing Yeah And you know When I was uh, the, the the first street That we lived on Low Sherry Street That two up Two down The first house Was called the golden mosque that was the biggest mosque in rochdale yeah so my mum used to send me there before school every morning so by the time i'm seven i've read the quran from cover to cover in arabic yeah i don't even know english at this time <laughs> yeah wow. so i can read it in arabic yeah so now so we go we have to do that one there um and then when we moved uh um to the next location, which was a little bit so. Then uh, by this stage, I was bunking off that as well. And the guy who was abusing me, he'd given me this kind of a, uh, like a nickname, you know, Kaim Dean," which means like you know somebody who's attained a religion. You know, you, you, yeah, you've, you're on the right religion. And I'm thinking, and in in me, it was it was relating to that. So I was like hating it, and so I was hating the religion and that. You know, it's me. It was uh, it was that. You know what I mean? So, and my brother, um, he was, he's four years older than me, Razi uh, is, he's, he's dead as well now, Got rest his soul. on last year he died, he went to Kashmir, had a stroke. And mm. um, and me and him, we were kind of really quite close, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, my oldest brother is six years older, so he's in a, in a different kind of a thing. So um, as he... Um, it was going out so we used to go to uh uh youth clubs in those days yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you know and, and you know we'd chat to the girls there and we'd play football and table tennis do what all of that <laughs> kind of stuff and i was a quite an active kid you know i, I used i was in the air cadets um uh in rochdale we would have flown planes with them you know what i mean and um and my brother, he was uh, studying at Oldham Tech College. So during the day he was there, he said to me, can you uh, go to the flat and, you know, when the furniture and stuff like that comes, um, I do that? And I said, yes, all right. So we do that. Uh, and the local shops around there, we're robbing them. We've got a place to chip during the day <laughs> now. He set up with uh, Barbara there and when he left, our house, that was a big thing because nobody saw it coming. Right. So my mum and dad are like, oh my God, what's happened here? You know, P, what are people going to think? Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, as he says to me, uh, when I told him that uh, I'm going to Kashmir for a three week holiday, yeah, as he's gone, don't go. I went, why? He's gone, Mo, you won't come back. What? I said, ah, they won't do that to me. Yeah, he knew mate uh, I said they won't do that to me He says I'm, I'm telling you if you want my advice Don't go But I was thinking more about A. I want to leave the country B. I don't want to do uh, my mock exams uh, All of that kind of stuff So um, uh, One of the guys who used to live with us at That first house in Rochdale yeah, He's uh, my escort Going back to Kashmir So now I'm fifteen. It was about nine, ten years now since I left. I can't remember anything about what it was like. Um, I've got a skateboard and stuff like that. (laughs) Typical teenager. Yeah, I've got, I've got, got, Mm. yeah. But in our area, nobody had a skateboard. I had two because I was a right little thief. (laughs) So, uh, so we go uh, on the way. And this is in 19, 7, January 1978. Oh, wow. Mm. So we're in this plane uh, going to Kashmir. The guy who's with me, I'm trying to make out I don't smoke, but I'm chipping off to the back every 10 minutes having a fag. So you could smoke on planes back then? Do- yeah, of course oh, you could. And uh, there's uh, these Iranian students. And this is around. this is just before the Islamic revolution in Iran. So these lads are sitting at the back there. And uh, they're drinking whiskey and soda. <laughs> yeah, and they going, do you want a whiskey and soda? I go, no, it'll get on me. And then next time I go there, do you want a whiskey and soda? I say, yeah, <laughs> go on then. Bang, knock that one back. Next one, bang, knock that one back. <laughs> so, but before we went, yeah, I had to have the, the, tet- the, the jabs and stuff like that to go. And because my mum knew what she was doing, she would got the clothes and stuff like that for me. So for the first time... In my life in 1978, I had a pair of uh, platform heels and you know, them uh, bell bottom trousers and stuff like that. I've got a dodgy photo of me wearing that stuff, yeah. So uh, we're going to um, Pakistan uh, Islamabad airport. Uh, By this time, I'm you know, half cut, but because you're in a pressurized uh, hull, you don't realize it, you think you're all right. So as soon as the door opened and I smelled the air and, I, and, and it was those stairs going down, I'm like, whoa! <laughs> I just about <laughs> caught myself. And go out into the street in Pakistan suddenly after living in this environment for 10 years and mate, you're like, what is this? You know, it's just dust and it wasn't heat so much because it was January but then you got all the beggars there with all the deformities and I'm like, oh! and the guy who's with me Mo don't do that mate they'll follow you all the way to courtly you know where we're going so I go um, he drops me off at my auntie's he goes to do his own things yeah three weeks later no letter no phone what's going on yeah I go through my suitcase passport's there ticket one way single (laughs) One-way single, mate. (laughs) I went, oh, mate. And my skateboard, yeah? There's not even a path to do the skateboard. It's all like, you know, there's no path to So you didn't check the ticket before you left? No, they didn't give me the ticket. I had an escort, the the chaperone, the guy who was with me. Yeah, he had the ticket. I was, re- oh, yeah. I was reading the book, uh, The Exorcist, on the way there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so imagine this one, yes. Yeah? So now i go there and they're, they all believe in all this, you know, this, these things and demons and, you know, stuff getting into people and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And I actually, uh, I went to this village where my grandmother's from and they said that this woman had this thing, yeah? And this guy, he knew how to get it out of her. So I'm with this guy now and I'm bearing in mind I've read The Exorcist, yeah? So I'm sitting with him and she's lying on the bed and she's got this kind of guttural, "Ah, I'll do this, ah, I'll do this, yeah? And he's going, oh, if you don't leave her, I'm going to stab you and I'll do this and that, yeah? (laughs) Etc. And they're going through all of this and I'm like, proper, mate. What if it's all real? Do you know what I mean? And then um the, the the place where we were it was on the side of a hill so there like, like front yard is like the roof of the barn where the animals are kept so he gets a, a a water pitcher yeah puts it on the corner of that roof and he's come back and he says I want to know yeah when you leave this woman leave her now yeah when you leave her I want you to knock that pitcher over and I'm <laughs> um, like, <think> that's in <laughs> the picture, you know. Mm-hmm. But it must have, uh, you know, it didn't fall. It didn't fall, yeah. Right. But I'm thinking may, maybe, you know, maybe, they, it, I, I can't say, but that's what he'd done. So anyway, I'm there for, oh God, eight months. I see some rest of my family, like in other parts of Pakistan and stuff like that. And then my mum... Uh, our Aussie, my sister raz and my youngest brother um Irish fact, they turned up how did you survive for the 8 months well i was i was staying at my aunties ah, okay. my dad had a building over there and the rent that they were getting for the building i was getting a you know, 20 rupees a week was you know, mm. a couple of quid or whatever. but It was a lot of money. I mean, you know, 20 rupees and a packet of fags cost less than a rupee. Mm. You can imagine, you know, you know I, I, it was great. So uh, once you get used to the fact that, you know, it's not 5,000 miles away, it's actually like 500 years back in time. <laughs> They've got no electricity still. Yeah, there's no um, TVs. The odd kind of person's got a TV the odd kind of person's got a a phone so Mm. uh, that's the environment so I've just put myself into that environment um you know they're like peasant farms so everybody's doing their own little thing it's just about enough to get them by but you know everybody wants to send somebody abroad so that they can send money back and that they can build a house and stuff like that so on my 16th birthday 13th of August, my mum and and the rest of my family, they land in Islamabad airport. I'm staying, I've gone down to see my uncle, my mum's eldest brother. Because my mum's, uh, uh, it was a love marriage between my mum and my dad, and her eldest brother was the one that married them, yeah, because he officiated uh, at it, yeah. So I was, and he was a, he was a doctor, yeah. He'd got a stiff gut and he was, you know, uh, doing doctoring there yeah but you know he he had quite a lot of status and you know he's a very stern kind of man about 22 stone you know i mean big red face on he's a big guy you know and then the first time i see him and i he didn't even look at me and i thought that's a bit weird you know Mm. he's my uncle you know and uh, he just walked past me and i had quite long hair at the time Next thing I know, a barber's turned up from nowhere, flung me on the bed, and they chopped me fucking hair <laughs> off, you know what I mean? And I was literally almost in tears. I thought, twat, I can't say nothing, you know what I mean? So, anyway, I go back from that, and that. Um, it's night. Well, not night, it's kind of like morning, about four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And it's a really clear night. I can remember it to this day, August, uh, and the corn. Is like really, really tall. It grows to about eight, ten foot. And you're walking through these little paths, you know, through the fields. And I get to my... And it's like a full moon. And I get to my auntie's house where I'm staying. And I don't know my mum's coming. I see... I'm looking for a bed to lie in, mm. and then I see my little brother. Oh, um, and now I can't wait till he wakes up, you know what I mean? Then to wake up, because he was five at the time, and then I find out he's, uh, who's come, and he's going, oh, you know, as he's come. And I couldn't believe as he'd come, because Barbara was gorgeous, you know, I thought him and Barbara was going to be like uh, a But they've just got into his head, and you know what I mean? Took him over there, and married him off. They wouldn't let me back at that time. They're saying, right, unless you get married, we're not going to send you back. Yeah, because no. they think that marriage is that what? Well, hey, well, they thought sending me to Kashmir was the answer to me <laughs> thieving. Yeah, and then getting married would be the answer to me, all the rest of it. Which, anyway, my brother, Aziz, God rest his soul, he's uh, he, he, he talked my mum out of it. And then, come December 78, we came back to uh, England. And But this time, they'd all moved from Rochdale to Luton. Mm. So now, oh, I, I've got no mates. Yeah, and While I'm there, they've all... So, right, the area that we're from in Kashmir, most of them people, they live in the Luton area. So we were like, you know, and it's kind of an outpost. And they were saying, well, look, you know, anytime there's a wedding or a funeral, we have to kind of... Go up there and you know it's easy for you guys. If you come here, there's loads of us, but there's only one of you. So that's what my dad decides. When I come back, it was like, well, new chapter and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow.
1: So what was Lucent like for you then?
0: Luton back then. Luton was weird. Luton was cause I because what, what year are we on now? So we're on beginning of 78 now. Okay. So now I'm like sixteen. Punk
1: rock, wasn't it, without out around then? Yeah. Yeah, seventy six.
0: Yeah. 76, yeah. So I'm, I'm in. Um, I've got no qualifications at all. Yeah, I haven't finished school. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? But I've got this, all this unresolved trauma that still kind of wants to burst out, but doesn't know how. And so I do a bit of work. Then I start college, I started a course which was if I passed it with a credit, it was like four o levels. It levels, a business studies back in general, and then a back in national to get A levels. So and but at that time I saw my dad speaking at a meeting of the JKLF. Right? This is how I get into the, the political thing, yeah. So and I thought, you know what, well, this is the first time I've ever seen him like, in this role where he's standing up and everybody's looking at him and, you know, hearing what he's saying. And I couldn't really understand that much, but, you know, I could take some of it in. So, and then Arazi he was into the politics quite a bit. And because I said to him, I said, I, I, you know, these were uh, the 80s, the time of Sabra and Shatila, the uh, camps in Beirut, where the... um, um, I think the Israelis and the, the, I think it was the the South Lebanese, I can't remember, it was one of the factions in Lebanon as well, they'd attack these camps and just kill these people. And, um, you know, they wanted to get rid of them. They wanted to get rid of the Palestinians out of Beirut, basically. So I said to Azir, I said, well, you know what, I'd like to go down there and help them, you know. Because, you know, when you can't see a way forward, then you're always looking for something to kind of prove your life, you know, go on a life or death mission, and maybe that, you know, if you live, yeah. then there's a purpose to your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, 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 when I look back, I think maybe that is something like that. So, and, and as he's gone to me, well, but Kashmir is like that. So, well, what do you mean? And he's gone, well, well Kashmir was never a, a, a part of the British Empire. He says, um, when the British fought the Sikhs, In the 1840s, as it's not even the British, it was the East India Company. uh, As it was going up through India, um, it had two wars with the Sikhs. And the Sikhs had conquered Kashmir. So it got Kashmir as part of the kind of a dowry thing. And one of the guys who helped them defeat the Sikhs, he bought Kashmir off the uh, East India Company. And what's happened is he's realised that, you know, they all want to go to Kashmir uh, in the holidays because uh, in the summer, because it's nice and cool and in the mountains and lakes and all of that. So he's uh, had a blanket ban saying you can't, outsiders can't buy land in Kashmir. So then they decided to make hotels and houses on boats, which are the houseboats, the famous houseboats in Kashmir. So as he's going to me, oh, look, this has happened. And then partition happened in 1947. And then at partition, we weren't part of India. We weren't part of Pakistan. yeah, But Pakistan wanted Kashmir. So they've thrown some of their own people pretending to be uh, civilians to say, right, we're Kashmiris, we want Kashmir with Pakistan. Uh and the Maharaja, who was uh, Hindu, has asked Nehru, said, Look, you know, help me. He's gone, well, I'll help you. Yeah, but if you accede to India, and the majority of the population of Kashmir is Muslim, it's about 80% Muslim, something like that. So um under those conditions, the Indian army came, the Pakistani army, who probably for the first time in recorded history, whose uh, the heads of both armies were British, the field marshals of both armies were British, because this was still going through partition, and uh, so and then Mountbatten said, "Well, look, you know, the Kashmiris should decide," and then. Nehru took the case to the United Nations and said, yes, you know, we'll let them have a referendum. And then they never held the referendum. And this is the kind of the root cause of the Kashmiri issue. And um, what had happened was there was one of the guys who was with the found one of the founders of the Kashmiri freedom movement, a guy called Mahmoud Bhatt, who was under a death sentence in, in India. You know, he'd been uh, um, active in the 60s, you know, um, they'd got him uh, for murder and stuff like that, you know, had shootouts with the police and the army and stuff like that. He'd escaped from prison there, come to Pakistan, then gone back again himself. He was under a death penalty when he went back. So this guy's proper serious, you know, I mean, it's like Mm. Che Guevara to us, you know. So anyway, he's gone back and then he's got captured again and then... He's been on death row for 12 years and stuff like that. So, this is, the, you know, when when I looked at Kashmir, I'm looking at it through the eyes of a kid that's grown up in the West, you know, believes in Greenpeace and stuff like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, then, I, you know, I did I did my bit of college, did a bit more of the Kashmiri thing, I had more mates from college mates going out. I was always, you know, having a drink, having a smoke. Doing all that kind of stuff, um, uh, I fell out with uh, was one of my lecturers who was the head of the course when I was doing the national, which would have been equivalent to A levels. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get to a position where I can kind of get a good certificate, something to give me a you know a platform for the future. So. Um, Anyway, and then in those days you could do um, a part-time course, A-levels, as long as you did less than, I think, 16 hours or something like that. So I did that, I did government and politics and economics, I passed the government and politics, a one-year part-time course, A-level, got a C in that, and that got me to Leicester Poly. And uh, that was when the thing that happened that got me into the prison. That's what happened then, right? Wow. wow. So yeah. So, so do you you're want...
2: doing well, eh? You're doing well. You've got your qualifications,
0: and then what happens? Right. So so I've got my A level. So I'm going into um, uh, Leicester Poly to do HND in business studies. Yeah. Yeah. So which should be enough to get me through life in a you know reasonable kind of a manner. But, you know, I've still got this unresolved thing and it's coming out. You know, I'm dressing up all kind of um, mad clothes and, you know, new romantic and stuff Ooh. like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> I was like, adamant and, you know, oh, you adamant. name it. I was like, all of that, oh. you know what I mean? And, you know, this was the thing that, you know, I'd walked down the street in Luton, yeah, and I stuck out like a. I thought you
1: were the boy. <laughs> yeah these
0: <laughs> i i got i got i got um
1: what's your, what's your adamant impression no
0: well, no, I mean, I mean, you know the the the, the whole used, right. So, do you remember, so do you remember the lyrics? Um, Have you got them?
1: A... <laughs> Unplug the jukebox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all another favour. Uh, that music's, music's lost its taste. of Find another flavour. And, and music. I knew all of that. <laughs> I was into all of that. Yeah, I into to such an extent. I used to walk around I had a Cape. What? Yeah, I swear to God, yeah. I had a K I used to have these like you know like party, you know like uh Captain Jack Sparrow. I, almost, I swear to God, yeah. I used to get uh, 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 berated, yeah. I mean that takes some doing to walk down the street and somebody going You're weird, you know. What I mean I must be doing something right, yeah. You ain't it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so by this stage, so I've so I've got these kind of you know, dual life going on. And we're going on marches and demonstrations for the Kashmiri cause thing. And and then uh, this guy, um, um, Sarat who was um, living in Lechwas, had moved to Luton, was staying in a house uh, that my dad owned on the same road. And he... I was so bad. So I'm living in... Sorry, I'm living in Leicester now. I've started the course there. He comes up, says, oh, will you come to... Birmingham, I'm to introduce you to a few people and I said, yeah, I'll come. And then something else happened and it's a party. Or well, just I don't, a... well I thought, yeah, you know, it could have been anything to me, yeah. Say hello, yeah, sit down, smoke a few joints, have a few drinks, you know, that oh. kind of stuff. Maybe, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's just one of them ones, isn't it? So uh and then the next time you come, it's the same thing. So uh Actually, no, this was, uh, he came with another guy. This guy I knew from the organiser, from the Jamaican Kashmir Liberation Front as well. But he was from Birmingham. So the pair of them have turned up on a Sunday night, and usually I'm out Sunday, I'm out Saturday, I'm out Friday. And um, they've turned up and come in. All right, guys, what do you want? sit down, have a cup of tea, have a chat. And he's going. Oh, I want you to. He says. Oh, to come down next week. Come down to Birmingham. I want to introduce you to a few people. Says, oh yeah, uh, whatever. And he's asked to borrow a key of my house, my Yale house key. And I used to use that to nick my brother's Ford Capri, yeah, Razi, <laughs> yeah. And it used to work, you know. It. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, wow. he'd just jiggle it, and you know, bomb. and then I used to drive around in it. So <laughs> he's obviously seen me do that, and I thought, oh. That's the only thing I can think of that he would want that key for, and uh, he didn't realize it's not the key; it's the person who's jiggling it. Do you know what I mean? So, and anyway, so um, yeah, uh, so I go the next Thursday, I get um, a, uh, a a coach. I go on the coach to ring in Birmingham, and. Bear in mind, you know, I'm getting really well with the lads in the Hall of Residence where I'm living. Um, I'm getting great with everybody Uh, where I'm organising this football um, thing between one Hall of Residence and another. I'm staying in Lawrence Kershaw Hall of Residence. So we've got this team and, you know, we used to go and, you know, Leicester Nick outside of Mandela Park. We used to practice there. And I, used to, I never thought, you know, about what them people are like behind in those, you know, behind those bars. So, uh, and, and we were supposed to play a game that Sunday. So I left and I said to the guys, said, listen, I'm going to Birmingham. Uh, if I'm not back today, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not expecting anything. So anyway, I get there and uh, I, I, he comes, picks me up from the bull ring, He's in a hired car. There's some other guys in there. And, you know, I thought, well, maybe these are the kind of guys he wants to introduce me after I was getting in the car. So now we're driving around some suburbs of Birmingham. We're going somewhere. And I don't know Birmingham, so it could be anywhere. So he says, and that's when the alarm bell started to ring. He says, uh, I want you to look after somebody for a while. Yeah. I went... What do you mean? I've got to look after someone. What do you mean? And he's gone, I'll brief you when we get there. And now, like, what? So anyway, we walk into this house. It's newly bought. There's, like, you know, there's no furniture, all of that kind of thing. There's, you know, four or five lads there, all kind of older than me. I'm, what, about 21 at the the time. And they've got guns. Yeah, and now he's dropping this plot on me, yeah, saying that this guy, that Mugwaba, the one who escaped from and they got captured again, was doing uh, on the death penalty. They're about to carry the death penalty out, right? And we've got to do something. I said, well, what, what, yeah, what do you think you could do, yeah, to stop that? He said, well, we're going to kidnap the High Commissioner at the consulate the Indian consulate in Birmingham, and we're going to hold him hostage, yeah, and, and so I'm going, whoa, <laughs> I can't do this. I said, look, I said, now I'm like, you know, a million excuses at once, yeah. I went, no, for a start, yeah, I said, I've got to be in court, uh, magistrate's Monday, and I had a breathalyzer charge, yeah. I said, I've got to be in court on Monday. Uh, if I'm not there, it's going to be on top, you know what I mean, do you get somebody else? No, 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 he says... I'll, I'll stay here, yeah, uh, until Sunday, and I'll get somebody else, and, uh, oh, mate, I'm stuck, you know what I mean, I'm stuck, I can't, I, you know, because it's like, now it's, because it, my dad's the president of the organization there, and even though we can't be seen to be that organization, everybody knows it is, yeah. So and he gives me this uh, kind of ransom note yeah that they want these three guys out uh one of them's called Ba, another one's called Hamid uh ba, another one's called Riyaz da yeah um and he wants a million pound as well yeah you sorry. might you might as well add a few more. <laughs> 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 might as well add a few more while you're at it you know what I mean a million pound as well and he's asked the the Jammu Kashmir liberation front to be the negotiators, right? This is what, and I'm like mate. and I'm 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 just I'm just flabbergasted, you know, and I I I, I can't think of a way out. Uh, I I realize I'm properly stuck, mm. and now I'm thinking, what's the kind of least I can do, and 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 slip away. Um, without causing too much damage to anybody else and myself, do you know what I mean? So he asked me to write, so I write the fair copy of this the, this ransom note. They go out to get this uh, high commission. So it's actually happening now, yeah? Mm. So this is the 2nd of February 1984. They go out, they come back about an hour, hour, <clears> hour, <throat> Hour and a half later, he's not there. Yeah, he lucky for him, he's on a meeting down in London. So they go, i going, is that it? No, no, we're going to go back tomorrow, we're going to get him tomorrow. Oh, so the next, so the, now the guy who's in there with me, so right, there's two of us who are in this role of the guards. Yeah, the other guy, a guy called Kayum Raja, he's come over from. Uh, Paris, France, yeah, and his passport's run out as well, so I think he didn't actually know what was going on, yeah. They've roped him in uh, because he's from France. They've roped me in because I'm recently in Leicester. If I'm missing in Leicester, people will think I'm in Luton, and the Luton people think I'm in Leicester. So this is what this guy's thought, and this guy's supposed to be a mate, yeah. So the next day, they come back they've got somebody. They've got this guy. They, he's got wraparound sunglasses with tape on the inside. Uh, they've done his hand, hands up. Uh, and they've whacked him over the head, you know, when they've nabbed him off the street. Um, and he's, like, you know, middle-aged. He's nondescript, you know what I mean? Thickly set, and he's just confused and bewildered me and they, they, as they're walking past uh with st- <clears throat> so this house um it's got kind of three bedrooms there's one in the middle there's one in the back and there's one in the front uh we're in the middle one uh out the front there's a main road i really found out later on, it's alum rock road uh the house is 370 alum rock road and um so you go up the stairs you're going through the, the the landing, and as they're walking past me, I asked them, Sir, that guy, I said, who is it? Who have you got? He's gone, and uh, we've got the assistant high commissioner. The high commissioner was still there, had to do it, had to get him. So got the assistant high commissioner, so I may, you know. Now, now, hey, I know we're not getting anybody. We're not getting anybody released. We're getting nothing, yeah. I'm just on a hiding to nothing. Yeah, I'm just going to try and do as little as possible, so anyway and uh, they've took him into the room they've had a few goes at him called him indian bastard this one that one yeah and as they go in as i go in there i see he's bleeding from his head and stuff like that one of the guys there i've gone listen i want you to get some bandages i want you to get some Savlon, and cream stuff like that yeah no 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 because now they're all like paranoid yeah. And I said, look, you know, you, you fucking trapped me in here. You're going to have to start, you, you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here with a guy bleeding to death in front of me. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, about 45 minutes later, he's come back with some antiseptic cream. He's come back with some bandages. I've untied him. We've gone to the bath, washed his head, put some bandages on him. Because I'm thinking, Sean, I'm thinking, oh, I'm gone, mate. Uh, this mm. is on a Friday now, 3rd of um, uh, February. I thought, Sunday 5th, I'm gone. I'm going to say as little as possible so he doesn't get on my voice. And, um, you know, the, the my mate, the Kayum, the other guy, you know, he's having a good chat with him and Urdu and stuff like that. And, you know, my Urdu that, wasn't that clever anyway. So I'm waiting for my relief now on the Sunday. So, you know, we're doing the watch, you know, uh, the two of us. So what's happened is on the Friday night, he's... Dropped the diplomat with us, Mr. Martra, Ravindra Martra was called, Ravindra Harishwar Martra. He's dropped him with us. He's gone down to London, uh, the um, where the Reuters press agency, opposite that is um, obviously a obviously phone box, and he's left the ransom note and uh, the you know his keys and his diplomatic ID to say right we've got him. And phoned Reuters and said, look, go there and, you know, you'll find this, that and the other. So anyway, they do that. So the Friday night gone, now Saturday. Yeah. And bear in mind, I don't know we're on Alum Rock Road. And the reason why I say that, Alum Rock Road used to be uh, the headquarters of the JKLF was at 348 Alum Rock Road. And we're at 370 Alum Rock Road. So literally 11 doors away from what used to be the headquarters of the Jammu Kashmir Liberation Front. So that's what j k means, really. Mm. Ah. so so the next day, all I can hear is e on police cars, yeah, and I shit i'm thinking well, what what the police doing here yeah, and now I'm thinking about the Iranian embassy siege, yeah um where the SES have coming through the windows, <laughs> all, all we've got is like these replica guns that they've given us because they've took the tools with them, you know. So Kayum's having a chat with this guy and I'm trying to say as little as possible, you know, untied him. In the end, he ain't going to go nowhere. So I'm waiting till uh, Sunday. Now nah, my head's battered, you know. Um, we're hardly, none of us are hardly eating anything. Kayum can't cook anyway. <laughs> So anyway, come Sunday night, I hear a tap downstairs. So I'm like, "Woo, me, gone, see you later. <laughs> I go downstairs. I look through the door at the bottom of the stairs. I see him, Sarah, outside. Good, I've gone to the window, open the window. I've gone, uh, what are we doing? Because I'm expecting him to say, oh, you know, I've got somebody and you can go. Yeah, and he's gone, um, no, it's bang on top. Uh, we're going to go out and shoot him. Oh, mate, yeah, so I'm going now. I'm I, more right, shit. What am I gonna do? Right, so I'm going, look, that, Yeah. Well, you, you don't want me for anything, you know. I haven't got a gun, I'm not gonna be the one that's shooting him, you know what I mean? Ooh. So I've gone, listen, mate, I've I've to got I needed to go to Luton really because of the court case on the Monday, but I made the excuse that I need to go to Leicester to try and get away from them. Yeah, he's going, no, no, we'll drop you off at Leicester, yeah. Go and get, so, you know, just to get me, me head off it, he's going, go and get, um, come find the back door key, yeah, to open the back door. Go and get a screwdriver to open the lock off the back door. So I go out, shock me brother as he's there. I'm going, what are you doing here? And he's going, what are you doing here? Huh? So, you know, after we've done that one, uh, I've gone, uh, we'll deal with this lady, give me a a screwdriver. I've gone, I've taken that off. As I've taken that off, they're coming down. I go in, I sit in the front passenger seat. My brother's driving, them two are in the back and uh, the diplomat, uh, Mr. Martyr, is in the middle. We're going... Uh, along to Leicester now the M69, wherever it was. As we get closer to Leicester, they're telling him that they're gonna release him. Uh, whatever they're looking for a spot. If I, say we get off the motorway, they find a, a I don't know they find a spot uh, going down this road. It looks like um, you know one of these little B roads. It's dark. It's February. You know what I mean? Mm. Doug, I, you know, I mean I, I just don't know what to do. Um he's they've got they've gone out. He's gone stop the car, they've gone out. We've gone turned the car around, come back, as we've come back, and we've gone quite way up as it goes. As we come back, them two are running down the side of the road. Yeah, and they've done the deed. Yeah, I found out later on um, Kayum had a cut on his finger. Apparently, Masarat had said to him, Hold him, and I'm going to shoot him. Yeah, he's found out he's going to be shot. He's got hold of the gun. They've started fighting. Yeah, he's got Kayum's finger. Kayum must have tried to hold him. Got his finger in his mouth. They're going proper like that. You know what I mean? Anyway, they've done it. Where did they shoot him? Uh, once, in, I think, once in the head, twice in the body. Uh, the guy and so just left him in the road. We thought it's a. Uh, I thought it was a B road. Yeah. Anyway, they dropped me off in Narborough Road, Leicester. I'm away, and but you know everything that that could go wrong, could possibly go wrong, has already gone wrong. Um I'm walking back to my student digs thinking what what am I gonna do? What what am I gonna say? My head's battered, you know. A- anything that I had in you know, I had the I had a balaclava cause I always catch the balaclava on. So I didn't want him to see me because I thought, you mm. know, he didn't recognise me, yeah. So i chuck the balaclava, threw that in the river on the way. Uh I go into my hall of residence, I go have a shower, come back out, push some fresh clothes on. Um I walk into our communal kitchen which was the TV room and there's an outside broadcast, the news is on. Yeah, the outside broadcast is where we've just been. Between the time he'd been shot and you got home, how long was that? Maybe 40 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. And I'll tell you why this happened, yeah. So I've... Um, as I've walked in all the lads because they know I'm a Kashmiri and I've got I had a picture of uh, I had a poster of my wall but on my wall but they, uh, then again I'm not into like let's get guns and you know shoot people and th- you know throw bombs and all that so you know I'm just into having a good time and stuff like that and you know if somebody's taking the liberty I do want to stick up for it I mean that's that's my you know kind of basic uh, outline and uh, they're all mo mo. Have you seen this? What's happened there? Bum bum bum. And I'm just, like, what are you talking about? And I'm just, you, you know, I may, you know, me. I don't even watch the news. I've been out clubbing and blah blah. And I've given it that one, yeah. But inside me, I'm like oh, That's straight you away. Up yeah. And I found out later that that wasn't a road. That was the drive to a farm. Yeah. The farmer had taken his missus out for a meal on that Sunday night and they were on their way back. It was about 9, 9.30, something like that. And they found the body along the way. It must have been about 10 minutes after the guy was shot, something like that. They phoned the police, next thing, you know, bang. Because it was like a big, big case, you know. This was only the second time a diplomat has been shot in this country. First yeah. time he been assassinated. Because the Palestinians tried to do it in 82, which caused the invasion of uh, Lebanon. But yeah, they didn't kill him. You know, he was on life support for seven years. sometimes. So this was a big, big thing, you know. And, and me, you know, like, I've given you a little history of my life. Yeah, and, 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 you know, people don't know who you are, how you are, how you get to where you got to, you know. Uh, and so they, they just see the facade... That, 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 that you kind of uh, that, that you wear you know what I mean? mm. so uh, yeah so so then I'm thinking shit now I've got to go to Luton for the magistrates so go to Luton get a, after 12 o'clock because I'm a student I ain't got no money so I'll get a single uh, return uh, I don't get to see my brother again uh, I get to see Masura he uh, tracks me down at the um, college, and he makes out... Because oh, now I'm just like, you bastard, you know what I mean? You complete and utter fuckwit, you know? You know How can you do that to somebody who, you, you know... Uh, said, supposed yeah. to be your friend. If you want to, oh, why didn't you ask me when you come and say, yeah, hey, Mo, we want to do this, you know? Because he probably realised, I oh, dug off, oh, you nuts, you know what I mean? But, you know, the, the, it, it, and and then he's, he's saying to me, I'm going, well, oh, what are you doing? And he's going, oh, I'm going to Wales. And I thought, he's probably going the fucking opposite direction, you know what I mean? So then I go back to, oh, so the case gets adjourned for reports or something like that. I go back to um, Leicester, and then for the next two weeks, I try to act normal, you know, pretend that I haven't been involved in anything like this. And so that was a f- on the 5th, the, the guy got shot. On the 17th of February, it was on a Friday again.
2: So the Friday after? This okay.
0: two Fridays, I think, two
2: Fridays.
0: Two weeks after, okay. Friday after. Yeah, two Fridays, mm-hmm. 17th, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> about a week and a half after something like that. Anyway, I get two policemen, sorry... So I uh I get knock on the door on a Friday, I don't have any lectures, so I'm just lying in bed it's about ten o'clock in the morning. One of the mm. lads comes running, Momo, uh there's cops there at the warden's office asking for you. I went, oh shit. I thought I, I remember I, we had some Colombian weed and it was really <coughs> good and now I don't know about weed that much. I thought, oh, I've got some seeds here. I might be able to grow them or whatever. So I had some <laughs> seeds there. So the first thing, better throw them out of the window. I don't want them to give, give them anything to, to, to hold me by. So uh, and then I jump back into bed, pretend to be normal again. Forget that I've got the poster of my but on the wall. But then even if I took it down, it looked dodgy anyway. <laughs> so anyway, they're not on the door. Um, yeah, who is it? Oh, uh, can we speak to you? I say, yeah. So I'm just like in my underpants. What do you want, mate? Uh, and you can just see him. Look, And I, I've, I've got a poster of David Bowie. I've got a poster of Marilyn Monroe. And I've got a poster of Muck And they've gone, bang, yeah. So they've gone, uh, we want to talk to you. I said, yeah, I'll come in. I'll make you a cup of tea. They went, no, no, I want to talk to you down the station. I like, all right. I said, uh, look, let me nip, nip across the road. I get a packet of fags. I nipped across the road. They, they let me go, you know, if I if I was if I was going to run, that was me guilty, innit? You know. Mm. So anyway, they've nabbed, they've took me down to the police station. Now, I had a bit of a weak alibi, which I knew would stand up to a little bit of pressure, but not much. When I went down to Luton, uh, there was uh, a mistaken identity case that pulled me in. Uh, that some guy was driving taxis, the same name as me, on the same road. And I went, no. So when I came back, I told the lads, I said, listen, uh, I've, I've had this kind of issue. So if the cop has ever asked you, just say, I was with you guys that weekend and I'd found out about the football game and everything that had happened. So, do you know what I mean? So But I knew that, you know, if, they, if, if there was any evidence, it was over. But mm-hmm. as long as there was no evidence, it would, you know, tolerate a tiny bit. So anyway, on the 17th, they take us in. Right, so I'm I'm down there for 12 hours from 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night. It's on a Friday. They go start looking for me alibi. They can't find anybody because everybody's out. They're on the rest. One of the lads, he's in the hospital, uh, Duncan. He used to go kind of like um, all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, He's a diabetic as well. So he's down there and uh, they've spoken to him and he said, I don't remember, I'm on a lot of medication, mate. I can't remember So they come back and then they give that, oh um where your mates uh, We're going to let you go, we don't have to, but we're going to let you go But let us know if you're here, and I'm like yeah of course I'll let you know You know I'm your best mate, all of that one So they let me go and uh, they go, oh, we'll drop you off. Where you? And I went, no, no, it's all right. I'll walk. Yeah. Mm. They went, no, no, we'll drop you off. Yeah. So and uh, so I they get So I just say, take them the opposite way to where I'm going. We're going yes. to the wagon and horses on the uh, London Road. And I swear, yeah, we got to the bar. And you know, you you know how much when stress really hits you. Yeah. They go. Uh, we go to the bar, they go, what do you want to drink? And I went, oh, I'll get a pint of pills, yeah. And um, they got me a pint of pills and they got a pint each for themselves. And I swear, I knocked it down in one go without thinking, yeah. It just went, boom, and like that. And they've gone, <laughs> they've gone from there and from like it's on top. So, so anyway, I'm I, I'm there looking around to see if anybody's showing out to me, you know. That's what they were looking for. Anyway, they let me go. Mm-hmm. Then then the coppers uh, they pulled me and then after that I started seeing two uh, men sitting in a car along the roads that I used to go where the you know, where, where I'm going to my lectures and stuff like that. Um there's another two there sitting there um where where um my thingy was, uh, my hall of residence, the Royal Less Royal Infirmary was at the bottom, the prison was just there and the football ground was just there as well. So the turnstiles, we got in there having a drink, two big beefy guys. You know what? When they're after you, you can spot them, mm. you know? So then they come into the turnstiles. Oh, the superintendent wants to talk to you. We've gone in, had a chat with the superintendent. He's let me go again. By this stage, they've caught one of the guys. Yeah, they've caught Kayum, the guy who was like with me there, right?
1: How did they catch him?
0: Right, so when they dropped us off, at Narborough Road in Leicester, they said to him, uh, he was supposed to be going to Bolton, he had some relatives, they said, look, get out of the country. Yeah, as quickly as you can, you don't live here anyway, so get out of the country. Yeah. So I'm under the impression that they're all gone. So during this time, I think it was on the 10th of February, I phoned Luton, and I I, I couldn't ring home anymore because I was hearing kind of noises, yeah, on the phone, so I'm thinking they're listening. So then I was ringing this taxi uh, service where I knew the guys who worked there, I knew those behind the control, so I could talk to people there. And one of the guys says to me, he says, uh, Aziz gone. On this on the 10th of February. Aziz and Masara have gone to Kashmir and outside of Kashmir. When I say Kashmir, I mean the Pakistani occupied, they call it Azad Kashmir, not the Indian occupied part, yeah. So I thought, well, if they're gone, that means everybody's gone. If everybody's gone, then there's nobody to point, kind of point the finger at me, which gave me that false kind of sense of security. kayum gets captured on the 21st going to Holyhead. Sorry, from Holyhead to Dublin. Now, he wasn't to know, but that is the hottest route because the IRA were using that route all the time. So he wasn't really to know, but whoever's giving it, advised him, Yeah, he's got his... You could get a British visitor's passport in those days from the post office. Uh, He's got his cousin's ID and he's got it on that and he thinks he can go there and claim asylum because Ireland are against Britain, but obviously he doesn't know, yeah. So (laughs) as he's going past and he's like trying to, you know, slink with uh, a couple or something, they pulled him over, pulled him over, they've opened his thing and uh, inside it he's got his ID his real ID, yeah, the credit card and stuff on his name, Kayum Raja. And then he's got this British business passport, uh, his cousin's name, Sark Raja. Yeah, mate, come here, let's have a chat with you. The other thing with him was, it's uh, quite a funny one. I know it's not funny, but he, he had this scarf, yeah. And this scarf had, like, really long fibres, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, a you'd be seen those macaws, you know, those... Really bright parrots, yeah. And I said to him the first time I see him, "I'm me, I'm wearing in black, you know what I mean." And uh, I, I said, "Where'd you get that scarf from me?" And he's going, "Oh, I got it in the pigal, I got it in the flea market in the pigal. Oh, it was very, you know, striking, you know." <laughs> so anyway, he had that scarf with him. Now, what had happened was that when they'd done the forensics on the body, they'd found this fiber of the, and they always like, you know, bang on top. Of so that's when they pulled him to the side. A, they've got him that he hasn't, he's not got the right ID. And B, when they've sent that off to match, that's match. So now they've got him. Now he's telling them the stories after a few days. He's told them the story. Yeah, he's called me Mohammed. Yeah, but you know, by this day, the net's closing in. Then um, we get to March the 1st that night. February 29th, I've gone out. I think Pete Burns was playing Dead or Alive, <laughs> <laughs> Dead or Alive, Pete Burns, mm. at the Union Bar. I'm, I'm watching that, you know. And I come back and uh, they turned up, and and, and there was like, there was a, a one car load. They were like ZZ Top, Me, They had big beers, These guys were like six and a half for all of them, and they had big beers like that, you know what I mean? It would have been like the Taliban if they weren't white, you know. <laughs> so they had one <laughs> carload of them, and they, because they have just come in, they went, uh, "Mohammed Riyadh? I said, yeah. I said, can we talk to you in private? I said, yeah, all right. Go in private. They went, right, you're nicked. Mm. Yeah, No, you know, uh, pace or anything like that, none of that. You're nicked, right. So I get in the car with them. They're taking me to um, West Brom Police Station, as it turned out. Along the way, there's P.C. Reynolds and I think it's Turner or something like that. Uh, I've got the name. Uh, so one of them's like, he's being the the friend, yeah, sitting at the back. The other one's turning around and punching me and then going like, we'll throw you out of the thing. And we'll do this, and we'll do that. But they're telling me the whole story, right? And not only are they telling me the whole story, they're telling me everything that I haven't done. Yeah, so they're saying, we know you didn't do this. We know you didn't shoot him. We know you weren't there, you know, we know. So, and it it was like, and then I know that obviously somebody's said, yeah. So uh, when I get to the police station, Kayoum's there. And this other guy, Sadiq, the one who came with Masarat when they asked me to come to Birmingham, he's there. They've got these paper suits, the forensic paper suits on. And they've, you know, obviously written statements and stuff like that. And so it's, yeah, bang on top, bang on top. What were you charged with? I uh, charged with um, conspiracy to kidnap, to start with. Yeah, and that's, that's what they had us, yeah. does
1: so they didn't charge you with conspiracy to murder as well?
0: Uh, in the end, they charged me with murder and unlawful imprisonment. But to start with, they just, I think it was just conspiracy to kidnap. Yeah, that was the holding charge. But then I was like double A and stuff like that. I was in police custody for a week. Yeah. And in those days, I think it was... I think, And that was, the you know, the uh, Prevention of Terrorism Act 1975. It was uh, down to that.
1: Wow, so there you have it. Part one with Mo. Yeah. Well, we've got a conspiracy to kidnap that's going to end up in a murder charge. Yeah. And we've got the backstory, Kashmir, Luton... We've got the Charles Bronson story that Mm -hmm. we opened it with. His book is 300,000 words, which is 30 hours of audio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let us know in the comments Mm -hmm. what you thought about part one today. Mm -hmm. Would you like to see part two? And please support Mo in what he's doing now. He's turned his life around from all this stuff. He's got his channel. And are there any other places online you'd like people to support you there are any links we can put in any
2: socials pardon do you have any
1: socials any social media, social
0: media. oh social media <laughs> oh sorry yeah I, you know what I got kicked off twitter for <laughs> <a> <laughs> I swear to this. how mad is this yeah for calling rednecks rednecks
1: <laughs>
0: So why they kicked me off I'm totally kicking me
1: off yeah. YouTube's the same we've got to be very careful what we say. Yeah. so
0: yeah so <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of getting onto that you know yeah. that, that how
1: I use my language so you're not on Twitter then? I'm not on banned, Twitter. Banned from Twitter. What well, about Insta,
0: Instagram. Instagram? I'm not on Instagram Facebook?
1: Either. I'm on Facebook. Do you want me to put your Facebook with this? and your Yeah, YouTube? go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my Facebook's
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mo
1: Johnny Yen Rias.
0: <laughs>
1: Send that over then. All yeah. of Jen's links are down there in the description yeah. box. Yeah. And huge thank you for watching this today. Let us know mm-hmm. what you think in the comments. We will see you next time. Take care. Uh, and um, yeah, give us a hug, Mal. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a brother, I'm a, I'm a hugger.
0: For group oh, hug, group oh, hug, group oh, hug. Group oh, hug. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, cheers.